0: Welcome to Astrology Bites. This is your host, Teresa Reed, the Tarot Lady. I'm the author of Astrology for Real Life, a no BS guide for the astro-curious. I'm also your host for this podcast series. If you're curious about astrology, you are definitely in the right place. This is episode 158 of Astrology Bites, the podcast where I dish out short, entertaining bite-sized lessons on astrology. My goal is to make astrology feel simple, clear, fun, and totally applicable to your everyday life. All right, let's get into today's episode. So today we're talking about creating rituals for new and full moons. And I have two special guests with me, Leslie Tagorda and Natalie Miller. Welcome, Leslie and Natalie. Hello. Thank you. We're so excited to be here. Well, I'm honored that you are both here with me and Leslie, you've been on my show before. Natalie, this is the first time you've been talking with me. And so of course, I need to know how did you two begin working together? What's this connection here?
1: Oh, goodness! I
2: do no. want to start.
0: <laughs>
1: we'll so, back. yeah, Leslie and I met together when we were both in a business development program. We we're both working on our businesses, and we just hit it off right away. I I think that we are complementary in our approaches. We're both woo, but we're also practical. We love to be generous. We love fun and beauty. And um, and then, of course, we have the Astro Connection. Yeah. So we've worked together in several ways, actually. Um, it started, Leslie, when you came to, to, Taos. to Taos to present. I do a retreat in Taos, New Mexico every year, and Leslie came to present there. And then um, at the end of last year, 2021, Leslie reaches out to me and says, hey, Natalie, let's write a book together. <laughs> That's so cool.
0: And what's the book? Oh, go ahead, Leslie. What were you
2: saying? Oh, no, I just wanted to add with just like Natalie, I just mean rem- specific memories of sitting next to her in this like conference room, this dull conference room, and like we're just like giggling like little schoolgirls, like mm-hmm. Jones and over like astrology and our businesses, and just how everything has kind of grown from there, and just how I love listening to Natalie and just like she helps me kind of like ground all of my wonderful ideas. And so last year when I wrote a New Moon Rituals book for entrepreneurs, I I was kind of thinking I was going to give that up, but also got really sad when at 2020, um, after 2020 is like, oh, I'm not going to do another book. But then I was like, this has to be easier. Let's bring in Natalie, because I love the new moons. She loves the full moons. And what better combination to bring them two together?
0: Right on. So you really do complement each other. And what is the book again? I'm so sorry if I interrupted there. No, that's okay. It's called um, New and Full Moon Rituals for Entrepreneurs and Changemakers. It's a mouthful. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And where can people get the book? I might as well talk about that real quick before we start diving into the topic. Is that available everywhere? On any online retailer. Awesome. Mm -hmm. So let's talk first um, about the role astrology plays in both of your lives. So I know, Leslie, you use it a lot for business, right? Are there other things that you use it for? Natalie, what about you? Mm
1: -hmm. Um, So I really use astrology for meaning-making. I'm a life coach, and I love to help me and my clients look at the world in new ways through different perspectives. And I love the lenses that astrology offers. I just find them so they spark so much deep reflection for me. They give me great questions to ask myself about any particular moment. I actually love it. I'm sure you all get this where people will call me up and they'll say, what is happening with the planets right now? (laughs) Because life is really intense. And I love to look and to see what are the archetypes that are active and and what are some questions that can help me make meaning and, and at least get control of that in this moment, even in a moment when everything else seems so out of my control?
2: Yeah, showing that kind of bigger picture and
0: like the underlying why, why am I going through this right now? Mm-hmm. And Leslie, so do you feel that that astrology for you is the same or is it, I, again, I know you as someone who really uses it a lot for business or are there other ways that you use astrology in addition to that? Yeah, I'm not really looking at
2: astrology too much in terms of a predictive tool, but more of understanding like what are the energies that we get to play with right now. So we're not just kind of scattered all over the place, we can kind of focus. And so thinking about astrology and our business, not necessarily, yes, about timing and like larger celestial cycles, but more about the meaning behind our leadership and our identity and how we um, how we're visible in the world.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm. I love that. So why might let's let's dive into our topic now, why might someone want to Create a ritual for a new or full moon. What are the benefits about this?
1: Yeah, Natalie, do
0: you want to handle that?
1: Sure. Well, I think the first thing is um, our culture is, as we, I think, all experience, quite divorced from nature. We don't spend a lot of time in nature, we don't attend to natural cycles. I talk a lot about how. Everything is very linear, right? It's like the starting line and the finish line, the timeline. And what I love about lunar cycles is that they ask us to think about life in a more cyclical way, in a round way. They ask us, lunar cycles ask us to view our lives as having this kind of like waxing and waning, even in a world where either we only want to wax, let's say our bank account, we only <laughs> want it to go up and up and up, or we only want to wane, let's say, I don't know, the wrinkles on our foreheads, right? We only want fewer and fewer and fewer of those. I love this different perspective. And I think when we when we attune to new and full moons, we get to tap into that just ebb and flow, that pulsation, that for me, I find a lot of power and also comfort in it to know that, no, it actually doesn't only go up and up and bigger and better and more. Like sometimes it goes around and down too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I find that
2: the significance for rituals um, ask us to be participants in those natural cycles. So similar to what Natalie was saying, that we are no longer outside of nature, but we are part of nature. And as the moon, our our luminary that, that we see changing its phases every night is just a simple reminder of where we can participate in nature and that these rituals being these spaces in time that we get to stop and reflect and offer what the moon, what the stars are asking us to do in our lives, in our work, just being a complete integrated participant in nature.
0: You know, I grew up in a, in a very religious household, Catholic, and Catholic is all about ritual, 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 mm-hmm. ritual. Uh, you know, so there was a ritual for everything. There was a saint you prayed to for this thing, a saint you prayed for for that thing. So the whole concept of ritual, even before I started studying astrology, was already something that was embodied in my life. And I think a lot of people don't realize that, that they are already doing rituals in so many different ways. So, you know, I think ritual in general is something we all, we, it plays a role in all of our lives. What do you think of that? Oh my goodness. I have some comments on that. Um, Yes. Rituals are completely parts of our
2: lives from the parties that we throw to funerals and weddings and birthdays and bar mitzvahs and all of those things that just like really mark time. And when I think about this idea of marking time, it comes from this idea of celebrating and giving thanks and From the astrological perspective, sometimes we forget that Jupiter is this kind of ruler of rituals. And I guess back, I don't have the exact dates, but some of the theories go that in really ancient times, forms of theater come are an evolution of these rituals of being able to converse with the gods, converse with the spirits. Mm -hmm. That the more dramatic that we were, the more that we contain this space in, in time that we could offer and actually communicate with the gods through these forms of rituals. So, there's this connection between theater and ritual and connecting with the spirits.
0: I Mm -hmm. love that. I did not know that. So theater yeah. wasn't just about putting on a play. It was trying to petition <laughs> the gods. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. And you can still see this today in, you know, in a lot of indigenous
2: cultures, they still have this sense of ritual and theater and conversing with the gods and their rituals are much more elaborate from like haka dances, you know, thinking, you know, earlier we we're talking about Jason Momoa <laughs> and just like mm-hmm. those ideas of like stomping onto the earth to give gratitude and thanks.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: I love that. I think too, r- ritual, it's, it's like there's a pause, right? I mean, we all have all, all our stuff we got to take care of, all the things we need to do. We have our lives and I don't know about you, but sometimes it does just feel like one day runs into the next, into the next. And ritual asks us to pause and just remember we're here. I love that idea, Leslie, of even like marking time. Just pausing and saying, oh, I'm here. Time is passing. There's something really potent even just about that. Yes,
2: and you're thinking about rituals and like kind of lunar rituals and the cultures that still celebrate and mark time with the, with lunations, like the Jewish tradition, a lot of like Asian traditions, the holidays that come for like you know Asian New Year or even Easter and Passover. Uh, those, for whatever reasons, those rituals really speak to me. Those those specific holidays speak to me more than any of the other holidays. The the lunation rituals
0: all right so let's talk about then um lunation rituals so how would someone create a ritual for the new moon and how would someone create a ritual for the full moon what would be your advice now i know leslie you're all about new moons and natalie you're about the full moons so let's divide this up what would be your advice who wants to go Mm -hmm. first
1: well first i do want to say that um to me something very important in creating ritual is that it's personalized to you so we're going to give lots of ideas um and there's ideas in our book as well but but really like what is meaningful to you what works for you of above and beyond everything else that we say Leslie and I are definitely on the same mm-hmm. on the same page on this one like ritual number 1 it's like what feels meaningful and important to you so
2: Yeah, yesterday, Natalie, we were kind of talking about that there's no wrong way, that when we work with clients, sometimes we find people who are so scared of doing things the right way or missing the right timing. Do you want to talk a little bit about that kind of rigidity?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that that is... It's all product of the culture, actually, that we're trying to turn away from when we do ritual, in in my opinion, right? The culture that wants to get it exactly perfect and that wants everything in the in the exactly right sequence and the right time. And, you know, there'll be people sometimes who are like, oh, the new moon was two days ago. I guess I can't do a ritual. And it's like, well, I mean, of course you can, right? (laughs) Like like you can press the pause button whenever you're able to press the pause button. Um, And at the same time with lunar rituals, it very nicely comes about about every two weeks, an invitation to press the pause button um, that we see writ in the sky, right? We we notice, don't we, when the moon is full, it's in its fullness. There's even people who aren't into astro are like, oh wow, look at the moon. It's it's huge, it's red, it's orange, it's beautiful, it's low, right? Um, and in the new moon, when the new moon is gone, we notice. Oh, the yeah. sky is moonless. Yeah. I feel that when we think about just like
2: lunations, right? There's a difference between a new moon and a full moon by what the ritual is going to be about, but in simplest matters for, you know, people wanting to put together their type of rituals, I feel that there's like just basic simple steps. And then we've already said that there's this idea of creating time and space and containing. So we can even think about a ritual as kind of just this energetic sphere around us that we're concentrating time and space so that we can like concentrate the energy of what we want to bring forth. And so for a new moon or for any lunations, we want to create a space by opening a ceremony and we want to close the space to let the energy go out. So thinking about whatever ritual you want to do, it doesn't have to be elaborate. It can be super simple simply by opening space and closing the space. And then within that container, because we are all spiritual beings and your listeners are all about the woo, you know, calling in our co-creators, whoever those co-creators might be, if they're well ancestors, your angels, your guides, whoever you want your co-creators, so calling them in to help you. Then getting into this place of flow and ease and relaxation so that you can either do the ritual, whether it's asking for something new new that you want, or letting go of things that no longer serve you, or giving an offering of gratitude or thanks, whatever the kind of that middle part, that meat and potatoes part of your ritual. Mm -hmm. And then at the end, like really, at least with new moons, when you're creating something new, because that is an opportunity to start again, have a fresh intention and the intentions of focusing on the outcomes and the results, not focusing on the how-tos, because if you focus on the how-tos, you're going to just get stuck before you, get ever, you ever start. Focusing again on that meaning, like Natalie said, that why. What do you want to f- feel? And being super open to receiving something even better than you could even ask for, at least with new moon rituals. And then remembering to close your ceremony and close your ritual and release the spirit guides and co-creators that you've brought in and to release that space so that you're not having this kind of uh energetic drag. I think people forget to close their ceremonies sometime and they're like, why am I so tired? It's like, yeah, you're still holding space
1: here. Like mm-hmm. let it go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that um you know when we're creating rituals, different people gravitate toward different things. And maybe we even see that reflected in our own charts. So I have a ton of air and water energy. So for me, lunar rituals involve a lot of journaling. (laughs) I like to think and I like to feel my feelings. I like to For the new moons, I love to think through my intentions. For the full moons, I love to look at what's working and what's not working, celebrate what's working, and divest myself from what's not working. Um, Some people, though, love the physicality of it. So they love to build an altar. They love to do physical rituals. So for like a full moon, perhaps, they want to go be in the moonlight. And on a water full moon, like a a Scorpio full moon or a Pisces full moon or a Cancer full moon, they want to go be in the water in the moonlight. And that feels very meaningful for them, right? So um, fire folks like to take action. Like they also love to do the physical, but they like to make the big splash of it, right? So again, there's lots of different components that you can put into, into that meat and potatoes part, that middle of the ritual. After you open the space, what feels amazing to you? One of my favorite things, I'll just share this one. I love to put as little earth as I have in my chart. I love to put a glass of water outside in the moonlight, imagining that it's absorbing the full moon energy for the full moon, and then I'll drink it while I'm journaling. That just feels that feels so yummy and magical to me. Um, so embodied. Yeah, it, it does. It feels so embodied to me. And again, it's meaningful to me. And so that's, you know, that's really the most important thing.
0: Yeah, I think the meaning for you part is such an important component because sometimes people want it all spelled out for them. But then if you're doing something that's spelled out for you, you're doing more of a ritual by numbers instead of something that's really coming from your heart. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And in our book, we do give you five steps for a new moon and five steps for a full moon, but it really is basically what we've covered here. The idea is like, how do we open the container? And then what are some things that could happen in the middle? And then how do we close the container? Picking and choosing what matters to you.
0: You mentioned something about moons being in particular signs, you know, like in a water sign, like maybe spending time in your water or whatever. So do you think the, the placement of the moon in a sign, does that determine what your ritual is going to be? Or do you just do your ritual that suits you like by writing every single time?
1: Hmm. Well. Um, I'm interested both in the moon, the sign that the moon is in, and I'm also interested in the aspects that are happening. Again, for me, astrology helps me ask really good questions. So if I'm looking at a moon and I'm seeing, oh, fascinating. In this new moon, Mercury and the sun and the moon are all conjunct. Then I know Mercury issues are like asking questions right I'm asking questions maybe around business maybe about around writing maybe around communicating right and so um yeah I do like to look at the specific moon I don't know about you Leslie I also I like to embody the moon in the little altar that I create mm-hmm. so I always create a little altar and I like the I like the cancer moon altar to look cancer-y and I like the leo moon altar to look leo e. so yeah yeah
2: I love. Um, I love. On top of the aspects and just like the sign of the moon, I'm specifically looking at the houses because mm. I'm. I love astrology and I like specificity. Um, I want to see where the houses. I, I look at the moon that the house is occupying as kind of activating that house and kind of shining a, a spotlight, a focus, and especially since new moons. And I work with a lot of business people and setting intentions as the moon cycles throughout the year. And if we follow the cycle of the moon through our houses in a year, we get to complete an entire cycle. We get to look at every part of our life and every part of our business. So I love looking at the houses and how we can get like really specific as to what does this lunation mean for me?
0: I love that because that way, then again, it's not cookie cutter. You're really making it super personal. And I think those are the most powerful rituals. Yes. So I've got one, one, one last question. What about eclipses? Now, here's the thing. <laughs> i I just got to say real quickly, I'm born near an eclipse. Anytime I'm doing anything that's kind of woo-woo around an eclipse, I've never had a problem. But one of my favorite astrologers, Sam Reynolds, who I love, Said you shouldn't be doing any kind of manifesting work around an eclipse. It's too unpredictable. And it kind of got me a little spooked. So what are your thoughts about that?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. We
2: prepared for this question. We, <laughs>
1: <laughs> we we did. Um, may I preface something before you go? Yes, go Natalie, for it. go for it.
2: I you know anytime I find an astrologer or any like kind of spiritual guide or any guide at all saying there's like only one way to do this like don't do this do this I my my little spidey sense alarm goes off because <laughs> there are so many paths and so to preface that what we've been talking about this entire time, do what works for you, what you feel called and to trust your own inner guide. Because gosh, we know from Teresa and sharing your stories over the years on your podcast, Like anytime somebody tells you not to do something, you're just going to give them the middle finger and do it anyway. And it all
0: works (laughs) out, right? (laughs) Well, yeah, I am a rebel. So that is very, very true. But I, did, I gotta say, and I love Sam, and Sam, if you're listening, you know I love you, and oh. you're amazing. No, no shade on Sam. No shade yeah, on we, Sam. <laughs> I, just, I, I think Sam is so brilliant, but it did get my attention, and I started thinking, maybe I better leave this stuff alone. So, of course, mm. you know I'm dying to ask your perspective on it, because I've also heard mm. other people say, listen, eclipses are powerful for doing magical things. You should be doing lots of magic on eclipses, and I'm like... Well, now what the hell am I supposed to do here? Mm-hmm. Someone guide me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, you know, when Leslie and I were talking about it, um, when we were preparing for this question, because we thought we thought we might talk about eclipses. Um, for this very reason that there's a lot, there, it's not just Sam. There's lots of right. people who say, don't mess with eclipses. Um is like it's sort of like when someone says, you know, don't sign any contracts during Mercury retrograde. Like whatever you do, don't. and it's like, well, you know, if I if I lose my phone the day before Mercury retrograde, I'm gonna buy a phone. <laughs> like I, I'm I will need the phone for three weeks, and so, you know, it's it's more um, yes, eclipses are super powerful times, and at the same time. Um, we're powerful too. Mm-hmm. We are powerful too. We have a lot of say. And I think there's a lot to be said for going into any of the rituals, eclipse or not, super moon, right? Like mm-hmm. all of the different kinds of moons, just with an awareness of I am power. I am connected to the power of this sun is shining on this moon. We are all made of stardust. We are all made of the same stuff. And so knowing when I make my intentions, may I make them with care and with integrity to myself. Right. When I'm when I'm reflecting and I'm deciding how I want to work with the moon, may I be as true to my soul as I can be, because we are so powerful especially when we choose here and there to press the pause button and really think about what we're doing here what we want what we don't want and
0: where we want to go beautifully said beautifully said so did you want to add something leslie Yeah, I do. I
2: wanted to add a couple of considerations in terms of like, how do you discern whether or not you should do uh, or what kind of ceremony to do during an eclipse? Because if we think about the meaning of an eclipse and just what's happening in the sky at the time, the eclipse, the sun and the moon are really near the lunar nodes. And so there's like this concentration of energy. And so is this lunar eclipse... Or a solar eclipse happening near the north node where we're supposed to really stretch into our potential and what is that potential? Or is that eclipse near the south node where we need we're really being asked to let go of past patterns and like where we might get stuck? So thinking about that north node, south node, and then also thinking about your natal energy is so if you're born around an eclipse like that's like a really potent time for you like this is like a time to really savor that energy and maybe not necessarily pass up an opportunity but if you're somebody who's really like i can't handle like maybe a lot of uranus or something and you're just like i can't handle all that power or something like mm-hmm. that then maybe it's time to discern like well maybe i'm gonna just pass on this for a little while um But I do, I wanted to share a little thing because Natalie, when we were working together, you were leading um, a ceremony for during an eclipse time and you asked this most beautiful question and I was literally cleaning out my desk yesterday and I came across my notes and for this eclipse like I thought this was just a beautiful intention question you literally asked when would I be open to having where in my life would I be open to having a wild card
1: Mm.
2: right and I thought that that was just like the perfect eclipse um reflection because it's like do we want to control everything or where are we open to surprises in our lives <laughs>
0: <laughs> i'm raising my hand for people who are saying i want to control everything <laughs> what would you but be yes. missing out on <laughs> well who knows but I, I do like that question i gotta say i do like that question too about the wild card um because eclipses really are truly wild cards mm-hmm. and what a great question to ponder Something to think about when we have eclipse season, which is coming up in just a few weeks. Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) This has been such a great conversation. I don't want it to end, but I know we do. We must. We've got things to do. So um, could you take a moment and tell people, tell my audience where they can find you, where they can work with you. And again, please repeat the title of the book just in case someone didn't get that.
2: Yeah, so the title of the book is New and Full Moon Rituals for Entrepreneurs and Change Changemakers. Um, and this one is the 2022 edition. So it gives you some really wonderful reflection questions for each of the new moons and some ways to personalize your house activations. Um, and if you'd like to work with me, Or, you know, find more about me. My name is Leslie Togorda again, and my website is newmooncreative.co. And I host a podcast that's currently on pause. It'll come back soon called The Savvy Luminary Astrology for Entrepreneurs.
1: Mm -hmm. Amazing. Um, Yeah. And I am Natalie Miller, and you can find me at nataliekmiller.com and maybe listen to my podcast, which is called Mind Witchery so if you like questions there's lots of questions on mind witchery it's got a little woo and a lot of coaching amazing amazing
0: (laughs) i will have to definitely check that out and so if you are one of my listeners make sure that you do check out their podcast, their websites all the things they're offering and get a copy of the book because you will probably get very excited to start adding some rituals to your world especially for you entrepreneurs All right, that is all for today's episode. Thank you both so much for being here with me today. And listeners, if you're enjoying the show, you know what I am going to request. Get it over to iTunes and leave a kind review because that helps new listeners discover the show. And of course, you know, I appreciate that so much. And for more fun stuff, head over to my website, thetarolady.com. You'll find tons of resources about tarot and astrology including my free monthly forecasts and horoscopes and so much more. Again, that's the tarotlady.com. I'll see you there. And remember, no matter what's going on in the cosmos today, ultimately you are in charge of your life. You're in the driver's seat. If you don't like where your life is headed right now, you can change the course. You're the boss and you've got that power. Be kind to yourself and others and make smart decisions. And I'll see you in the next episode.